Hello and welcome back to the Leaders Who Love What They Do podcast. I'm Anne Collins and I'm your host for this episode. So today we're diving into what it looks like to go back to the office. So this episode is being recorded in February 2022. So it's a particular time where a lot of uh, people are going back to the office and many companies are experimenting with how to make hybrid working work for them and their employees. And there's lots of discussion about uh, what all of that is going to mean. But of course, it's uh, it's much broader than that. And it, in this episode, I really want to dive into a couple of areas. Firstly, I'd like to look at, well, is it actually going back to normal? Is this normal? And of course, I, I'm going to argue that it's not. It's not normal. And secondly, what are the challenges beyond the just the organising and the negotiating of these changes? What are the challenges of returning to the office for employees? and what actions could organisations take and how could leadership development coaching add value in this particular situation. So let's dive in. So first of all, I'm sure you've noticed that the, the sale of work clothes seems to have replaced the loungewear on our um, on our Instagram feeds and our social media. And certainly the, the nicely ironed shirts and the smart shoes have come back into come back into view. And employees in many countries are slowly returning to the office and are being encouraged to return to normal. But of course, this is an illusion because what we're living through is not normal. It's not the normal that we were used to having and it is unlikely that we're going to see a quick return to the before Covid world and that's not necessarily a bad thing by the way but it, it is also very clear to everybody that many people, in fact, we could even say all, have been touched directly or indirectly by the consequences of the pandemic and these two years of uncertainty and a lot of added stress for many. Even for even for those of us who have not been been directly impacted in the medical side of things, it has has been a time of uncertainty and big change. So returning to the office must not be seen as returning to normal Um, and organisations who wish to see their staff thrive, they need to adapt and allow people at all levels, firstly, the time and the space to find their feet again. And this is not just the humane option, it really is an investment in the long term and an opportunity to cherish because this is a turning point that we can use to really reflect on how we can make the workplace a better place. Now, there are challenges of returning to the office for employees and although there are advantages, of course, of seeing colleagues in person and there there are many who are looking forward to getting back into the office, it's not the case for everyone. For many who've got used to working from home and have found ways to successfully work remotely, there are some common issues. Firstly, I would say there is some anxiety on multiple fronts. Going back to the office is another change in routine that has been largely imposed. There's also health anxiety for people, anxiety around people um, being in the office and uh, being potentially exposed to the COVID virus, but also maybe other things as well. At the moment, people have a lot of anxiety around the future and research has shown that 50% of people are finding it hard to plan for the future at the moment. Secondly, relationships have changed, haven't they? People have changed. 
people are worried. Is it going to be weird to see people that you haven't seen for two years? Maybe those people you haven't communicated much with, or maybe you have. But what's that, what's that going to feel like? So there is that anxiety around how those relationships will play out in face-to-face, in the, in the office face-to-face. And for those who have joined a company within the last two years without opportunities to meet people in person, the return to the office brings another dimension of potential anxiety. Will I fit in? I might be able to do the work, but am I going to fit in socially? Being at home has had many advantages in terms of time management, and there is certainly anxiety about losing that. Flexibility around the daily routine, um, from simple things like accepting deliveries to far more complex around managing childcare and preparing healthy healthy meals for everybody. All of that has been, um, in some ways, much easier, although obviously having children at home while you're working has brought other challenges as well. But as childcare restarts people have had this flexibility that has allowed them to have more time with their children and to be able to be more flexible when children are sick for example this has given people more time in the day obviously without the daily commute and generally greater autonomy over their personal organization and I think maybe the biggest part of the uh, of, of what I'm hearing from employees is that now that we've seen that with the right technology and organisation in place, many people feel that they can work as well as they did, if not better, from home. So why should they go back to the office? Engaging employees and keeping people interested in their jobs is, is a really important part of this because if people can use technology well and they can they can communicate well with their with their colleagues and with their teams then what is the real reason for them to come back to the office if they prefer to stay at home making sure that people feel that they belong and that they are heard in this discussion i think is more important than ever and also, the benefits of return, returning need to be very clear and, uh, and I'm not sure that they are quite yet. So what can organisations do at the moment? So I think building on that previous point, organisations that listen to their employees, really putting them at the heart of decisions will undoubtedly reduce anxiety and build trust with their staff. Because the tables have have turned, haven't they? And not only is is that the best thing to do in terms of engaging employees, in fact, I would say that organisations need to do it because the tables have turned, leaving employees firmly in the driving seat in the jobs market. With remote working, staff can increasingly work wherever they want in the world. So relationships with your colleagues, with people working around you and the, and leaders, of course, will be more important than ever, deciding, helping them to decide whether to stay or whether to go. So keeping that communication open and more than just listening, but actually acting on what people are saying is going to be key for the well-being of staff, but also for retaining your best people. Now, it's tempting for leadership teams to assume that by bringing people back to the office, relationships will be strengthened. 
and that employees will feel a greater connection to the organization but i would say you, whilst that does that whilst that does appear to to be a big advantage people seeing each other face to face there is there is certainly a different a different feel to um feel to the workplace i would say that in, there is a delicate balance to be had between encouraging connection and allowing people the flexibility that they now expect so we must enable flexibility around these working policies. And I think this is the key, as well as continuing to strengthen relationships with team members. Many people have worked it out how to do that online. And we need to build on that and, uh, and use that to allow that flexibility that people now really expect. It's not just that they want it. I think uh, further, uh, really communicating the message that anxiety is normal around the return to work is also going to be very helpful. We are still in a pandemic and I think this message that anxiety is normal needs to be part of the general message um, to, to everybody in the organisation. And investing in education around stress management for all members of organisations is vital to avoid um, burnout and also more stress. And if you're interested in that, do tune in to an episode that I did very recently with Anna Pinkerton. And she talks about burnout and in particular the, this, this after, after a math of COVID. A leadership development training and coaching can really help here too, because it can focus on how to lead in times of continued uncertainty, which is what we are still in. It's very, it, it would be great to be able to say, okay, the pandemic, we can almost see the end of it, then uncertainty has finished. But of course, it isn't, it isn't that simple. And these uncertain times look set to continue for some time. And in certain times, we know that planning with a pragmatic optimism has a lot of benefits. And research has shown that leaders who accept uncertainty and then are able to search out possibilities, plan for all scenarios, including the worst outcomes, not just being overly positive. This really helps teams to be more resilient and more engaged, more agile, more innovative, and almost certainly have greater satisfaction at work, despite the uncertainty that surrounds their, their planning and their work. So leadership development training in this area can really help. And a leadership development that um, adopts this um, way of working, looking at resilience and how to develop a pragmatic style of leadership is a great place to start, I think. Because this period of uncertainty actually brings great opportunities to leaders to develop their leadership and take it to the next level, to focus on employees as the most important resource in the business and ultimately prepare their organisation for whatever the future may bring. So I would say embracing the new weird, the new weird way of working is, is the way forward. So if you would like to talk about how I could support you or your organisation in these weird times, please go to our website anncollinscoaching.com and book a call. I'd be delighted to talk to you further about that. Do take care and join me again soon. Bye bye.